Hey TC, what time is it? Mm, it's time for a makeover. Hi, I'm Zeech. And I'm TC. And welcome to Movie Makeover, the podcast where we take the movies you love, think you love, guilty pleasures, or downright hate, and give them a much-needed update. This week's movie is 1997's BAPS, written by Troy Byer, uh, directed by Robert Townsend, starring Halle Berry, Natalie DeSell Reed, and Martin Landau. Yep. <laughs> we also have a guest this episode. Hello. Hi, I'm Z. Hi, sister. Z, my sister, my Z star. All right, so how much I miss you? Yeah, don't. We can talk about sister, sister because that's (laughs) one of. Oh God. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But Z, tell everyone the history of your history with this movie. Well, that's just kind of like our movie, like me and CJ's movie. We love this movie. It's our like classic it's our family classic like we literally watch this movie anytime any day it's just (laughs) ours tc is not having the same reaction so it's so funny uh tc why don't you tell us your first reaction this is my first time seeing this movie for the first time in my entire life like i grew up it was one of those movies that was on in the background but i never sit sat down to watch it until now and i have to say I don't know. Maybe I'm just watching it with fresh eyes. It did not have the same effect on me. Well, well, you're watching it in 2019. You're watching a 97 movie, so you know it's kind of like the classic. It's like if I mean, you're probably gonna hate me for this, but if you like watch That's So Raven right now, like you love that so. Well, I mean, now, you're you're referring to. to both the show and the movie of a very specific quality. Also, yeah, also, I mean, Raven didn't age the way that we wanted her to, so. (laughs) Jurassic Park came out in 1993. Like, there are good things that came out in the 90s. Okay, so we're gonna go there because I, like, like, I knew TC's reaction, sort of, and um, Mm -hmm. I had an idea, because I have an argument that I would like to go into, but um, my first reaction are my first impressions as Z said, um, we grew up with this movie kind of like on repeat. I think we watched it uh, <laughs> like if not once a month. Like we like we know this movie, and like even when I was watching it, I was like, "Do I need to watch this?" Because I've seen it so many times. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's also I noticed things about this movie and just about the reception of this movie, this go around <laughs> that I don't think gets enough credit or acknowledgement, but we will get into that. Uh, TC, why don't you give us the critics' reception? That we sure, have. yeah. I mean, let's get let's get into some details about this movie. Um, as CJ said, you know, Halle Berry, Martin Landau. Um, th- there's also, I just want to say, a few cameo spots of... Uh, Quite a few. Faison Love, Bernie Mac, Anthony Johnson, Leon, Heavy D. Old, LL. LL. All of the big wigs making making guest appearances. Um, This movie uh, came out March 28th, 1997. It had a budget of $10 million. And question, did it make its money back? Yes or no? No. It did not. It only made $7.3 million. It it has a Rotten Tomato score of 16%. An IMDb score of 4.5 out of 10 and Roger Ebert gave it no stars and called it embarrassingly bad. See, again, I 
here's the thing. For you to say it has a 16% on Rotten Tomatoes or even that it has a 4.5, I'm going to get into this in my argument, but I was like, it's because it is a black comedy. Honestly, you're going to tell yeah. me, you're going to tell me that Bring It On has a better plot. You're going to tell me that Can't right. Buy Me Love or any of those other teen comedy movies Ooh. has any other heart to it or makes any other kind of sense. There is a dance sequence <laughs> in there Can't Hardly Wait for no reason. <laughs> dance sequences in this movie, yeah, one but, say. Yeah, but there are reasons for those dance sequences. All I'm saying is that <laughs> you very, very often... I mean, this is not Soul Plane, and I would love to see... <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I didn't hate the movie, but I can see why people walked away from it maybe feeling like it wasn't as good as they hoped. Okay, uh, here's the thing. I mean, this is it's called Movie Makeover. Uh, Clearly, um, it's not. we're not talking about Citizen Kane movies. Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? Um, let me give the right. summary, and then we will we can go into it. Niecy, played by Halle Berry, and Mickey, played by Natalie Giselle Reed, are two friends in Georgia with dreams of a better life. They take a chance and move to L.A. for Nisi to become a dancer. After she bombs the audition, they are recruited by a stranger to play the role of the long-lost granddaughter of a dying millionaire's childhood love. Hijinks ensue. <laughs> and that's, that's pretty much it. So um, we like to start here on a positive note. Uh, Z, why don't you tell us what you thought was the good? Yeah, what did you like about the movie? What are some things off the top of your head that you're like, I love this about this movie? It's freaking hilarious. Like, it is so funny. Like, and it's just, it's just, I don't know, like, it's black comedy. It's just kind of, it gives phrases that you just repeat. Like, my Wi-Fi code used to be, like, living large and taking charge. Like, literally, <laughs> that was the password. I'm not going to lie. When she was like... password was taking charge. Yeah, when, when she said... Um, <laughs> When they ask us how you do it, and you saying living large and take a charge, big boy. I mean, like boy. you laughed at that, and that's the point. It's just like no, you say very kindly and yourself. Like honestly, I mean, you're gonna see. I'm it. laughing at you. I'm not laughing at the matter. dialogue. It doesn't even matter. You don't have to, but go ahead. Yeah, it's just it just, and then honestly, like I mean, Holly Berry is not playing this like, really. I mean, yes, of course she's pretty, but she's just playing like this character that's like really like ratchet and just out of bounds. And it was great. Like it was just hilarious. And it, and it, like I said, it was black comedy and I'm, it was just funny to me. And I just love, I love like today, like me and my brother, we can just say a quote and we just know exactly what part this, like where this came from in the movie, what time, what came next, what yeah. was before. And it just keep, it can just, Keep going. <laughs> I want to say that also for me, like to go off of Z's point, um, Natalie Giselle Reed's comedy is like the first thing on my good list because she, I don't know if it's like all improv or what, but she, A, makes Halle Berry more believable because I have Halle Berry in my bad in terms of playing Ratchet. Like she just doesn't feel natural in it. But um, mm -hmm. Mickey's character does. Mickey's character, you know that girl. Yeah. You know everything about her. She's loud. She's unapologetic. And she's just mm. a presence. And um, Natalie, so Natalie Reed plays that character. She embodies that character wholeheartedly. 
And a lot of the funny lines that we quote are all this other stuff. It is Natalie Dizelle's Reed's personality in certain scenes. And it and it makes sense for that character to say these things. And mm-hmm. as you said, she her delivery is funny uh, in a very classic black comedy way. I You know what? I will say that I thought she gave a great performance. This is her first time... Um, as an actress leading any film, nonetheless a comedy, which is really hard to, to take. We talked about that. The only movie she did before this was Set It Off. She had a very small scene, and that's a super dramatic mm-hmm. movie. Um, and, you know, the fact that she holds her own next to Halle Berry, not that Halle Berry gets the greatest <laughs> performance, but, you know, she really does hold her own. And, like, Martin, uh, like, Matthew, uh, I'm sorry, Martin Landau? Is that how Yeah, it? Martin Landau. Martin Landau, um, he's this classic Hollywood actor, and she was even holding her own around some of these more polished actors. So I thought she did a great job. Right. I also want to say that I really loved, um, even though, like, Bernie Mac has, like, five seconds, I love it. Anytime Bernie Mac shows up in the 90s black movie, I'm like, all right, you got me on board because of the cameo. <laughs> I mean, Faison Love, who works with Robert Townsend on Parenthood, um, you know, he plays a guest part in this movie. Seeing LL pop up was a lot of fun. Um, you know, it seemed like everyone who they were able to get got the movie. Um, I did wonder, were these the best people they could get? But we'll save that. I mean, well, like, also, I mean, you just talked about, like, a. <laughs> a bevy of stars who uh, I think what Z was about to say is this is 97. This is like cream of the crop black casting at this right. point. In time. I, I would argue that Heavy D in 1997 is not the main person you want to set a whole premise around. Not, not, maybe not, I mean, but maybe that even says to that point what, you know, who they are or like their levels of expectations. And yeah. the reason why I say that is LL Cool J Definitely. Leon. Definitely. Leon. Leon was one of the ones when I saw that they freaked out over Leon. First of all, Leon in the pantheon of black 90s movies, he is such a deep cut. Like, you have to be down to know who Leon is. And obviously, we know we grew up watching him sing and dance in movies, just playing, you know, acting up a storm. But white people seeing this movie do not know who Leon is. But see, I think that I think that that's part of the issue. It's like this is a movie that gets judged for, I, I think maybe it's even like, oh my God, they got Leon and white people are like, I don't know that. But how many movies do you see where it's again, you're like, you're supposed to just know that Martin Lando is like this guy. That is, that is interesting that to yeah, these women, Leon is the rock star that we see, we knew him as growing up. Exactly. And you see in their reaction that this is someone big. You know what I mean? Would you know who Leon was if you saw him in a restaurant? Uh, yes. Because <laughs> you know, Temptation is one of our movies. Temptation is one of my but, movies too. But, it's just, but I think I think you got you have to think about who you know who who did this. Robert Townsend. A hundred percent. That's what I thought. If, he was there because he's friends with Robert Townsend. So if you're looking at you know who watched Robert Townsend movies, they yeah. would know who Leon is. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, exactly. And so I feel like, in a way, this movie suffers because, again, it's sold as A, a black movie, and B, white people didn't see Robert Townsend's movies, where it's like, if you take Quentin Tarantino, if you watch mm-hmm. Quentin Tarantino movies, people show up and you're like, yeah, he's in every Robert, um, every Quentin Tarantino movie. Of course he's in this. Of course he has a role. This is how he's using him. But... 
a lot of people got their start in Tarantino movies. So yeah. you would only know if you had watched his previous work. I will say that at being, uh, I, I wouldn't call myself a Robert Townsend stan, but I have seen a lot of his work. And if you know his writing style, if you know his directing style, his fingerprints are all over this movie. There's one scene, you know, the scene where um, Ali comes at the end and he's like confessing his love to Halle Berry, where I was like, this seems like something that was directly from Five Heartbeats. Just, just like this really sappy, romantic thing that like the black woman's supposed to just be like, you know what, I forgive you. In real life, I'd be like, you still ain't got no job. Like, let's, talk, no, about no, no, no. Let, let's talk about that. Because I, want, I wanted to even bring... He got his license. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, I think I think what's interesting to me is, and this was in my good, these characters are real. Like the the Ali and James, yeah, that is, they are very real. And the idea that um, they don't got money really, but they want to talk about buying you a drink, but they can't really. Yeah. And we can treat that as a ladies' night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that scene where they meet the guys at ladies night and they it is $16 and the fellas just kind of look at them like waiting for them to pick up the check and then they leave and then they're saved by their boyfriends and their boyfriends do the exact same thing exact same thing that is a a commentary on black culture yeah that is hilarious and very accurate and b just a funny sentence. even the bartender I was gonna say, even the bartender, he like the you could tell. He good boy. <laughs> the bartender, even he has a small role, but he plays his role well. Which is man who has seen this so many times, knows how this is going, and is kind of judgmental, but also like that ain't got nothing to do with me. And I I love that about these characters. Each character, especially uh, when we're talking about black culture, they're real. They're just not mainstream. I, I will say that that there was a few moments, and I don't know whether this goes on the good category or the bad categories. Because I will say about that that like I know and grew up with women like the stars of this movie. My cousin Shatiqua is essentially <laughs> Halle Berry in this movie. Um, yep, <laughs> Shatiqua Jones. I'll call her. <gasps> <laughs> you can't get a black name. You type in Shatiqua Jones to Airbnb, that shit logs you out. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. Uh, only one other name comes to mind, and that is Lakeisha Jenkins. I'm saying. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, the hair, the long nails. Like, I am familiar. So when I saw these women, I saw people I recognized. But... I'm also bilingual with white America. And I can know, I know that if someone didn't know people like that to know that there's depth to these characters or whatever, they would see a menstrual show. And that's kind of where I'm stuck. So I will say that there are moments, especially I'll say specifically with Halle Berry because it doesn't feel lived in. Yes. It's kind of like the problem is this, that's not paid attention to. And it's like we... If we're paying attention, if, if your audience, the people that do watch it, love it. But it's like, it's, it's going, it's being judged from people who don't watch it. It's a snake eating its own You're tail. And I say that because I just, out of like coincidence, pure coincidence, I was like, I need a new show to watch. And I started watching The Nanny. And The Nanny is essentially mm. this, but with Jewish culture. Okay. That's all she does. She mm. brings Jewish culture into this very prim, 
British Upper West Side family. And that's what she does. And that's her whole shtick. It's just like, oh my God, this is on sale. And we would do this during the holidays and yada, yada, yada. It's it's that whole bringing my culture to your culture. But it's been done so often with Jewish, with the Jewish community that at this point in time, there's a shorthand for it. You know exactly what you're going for. You know, like, it could be <laughs> offensive, but because it's coming from a Jewish person, it's embraced. And it's... It's okay. beloved, and to to watch the nanny, um, and see how much I enjoyed it and how much I laughed because I understand Jewish stereotypes and television shorthand, and then watch this, I was like, it's honestly not that different. America yeah. just has always had a problem with black people expressing themselves the same way. I will say that I I do think, and we'll get to the bad, and I want to focus more on the good for now, but um, I do think you're right in that. The central problem with this, I feel, was Halle Berry. Because I don't feel like she knew the character that she was trying to play. I agree. So, um, but yeah, what else What else did you guys like about it? Because I know you guys, you, you love this shit. Yeah. <laughs> Just one of my loves, so I don't know, like, yeah. where you could go. I, I wrote, the treatment of women in this is also really good. Yeah. Because this movie, A, passes the, pra- sorry, passes the Bechdel test. Yeah. Um, it passes the Bechdel test. It automatically has... The women are well-rounded characters. Yeah. These women have goals, they have dreams, but they also have talents, they have shortcomings. Um, they uh, are they are success in their own right. Even though they have male partners, they don't need though they don't like gain success right. because of the guys yeah. at any point in time. Their success, even at the end, is completely based on them being the people that they were. Sure. And what they do when they gain wealth is share it with the men. Yeah. But they at no point in time are linked to the men or, like, any other movie I feel like you would see them get married or there would be, like, some montage of them having kids or... This movie is like, no, these were women who wanted a career, they got a career, and they helped their men out, but... You don't see a wedding ring. You don't see any implication that anything other than they're with the guys that they started off with. And even that is kind of shown to be true and deep, not like, oh, they they were with these guys and so they brought them along just because. It has a very almost like, uh, like when you say, when, you, when you're talking like that, I can't help but think of how many, like, this feels like Atlanta. This feels like a movie that is very Georgia in that way of just like strong willed black women using their creativity, whether it be in hair or in the kitchen to really make something of themselves without the assistance of a man and being strong and independent in that way. Um, it, it feels like it does reflect the, the mindset of a woman from Atlanta or the, the like outer perimeter that I would also say that this movie, I wrote it down. It fights against it. Like, in the beginning, I think it plays into stereotypes heavily, yeah. but it does so so in the second act, it can reverse all of it and say that your assumptions about these women were wrong. And I say that to say that from the very beginning, when Nisi, uh, not when Nisi, when Mickey starts to cook, they are like... I was just thinking that when you said that. Go for it. Yeah, like when, he, when um, it was talking about, you know, the soul food and he was like, it's made with all this... Gook and she was like, you know, she gave her reference about good times, and you know, she's it's like it can be cooked healthier. So 
like that just the site that we're just not eating garbage. Yeah, well, she <laughs> was like, I, really- <laughs> I didn't use pork since that was on good times, and she was marrying her Nubian okay. prince, and I said I was wearing my okay. Nubian prince, so I didn't use the pork after that, and like that whole explanation, she gave you an entire backstory as to why her food was healthier, but she did it in a way that was true to her character, i.e. TV reference. Yeah. <laughs> and... <laughs> yeah, and she, she had a real vibrancy and she had reason. And she was fighting against it, but not just about that. In the very beginning, I think Black women at this point in time, but in general, television paints Black women as angry, um, as mm. loud without reason, as kind of ditzy, but like we don't call it ditzy. We call it naive, and that's kind of like what they're painted as, the fools in the beginning of this. Um, uneducated. Uneducated. Yeah, uneducated. There you go. That's the word. Uneducated, but it shows that they have intelligence. It's just not based on what Beverly Hills would be. You see Halle Berry doing research before they go. You know, she's reading up, so she knows that she can't just go into it. Basketball lounge. Yeah, 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 yeah. Basketball lounge. Um, I will say that this movie does a really great job of highlighting the difficulties that black people have navigating in a white America. Like, I thought that was probably the most, like, 2019 takeaway I have of this is these people who are in an environment where everyone talks the same way, everyone dresses the same way, and then going to an upper class area and all of a sudden their clothes look funny and all of a sudden the way they talk is funny and they have to change it to adapt to that environment. That's what I walked away with as, wow, that that's kind of striking. Yeah, know? well, first of all, let's talk about Pager Cab Luxury Cab Service. Let's just talk about that. <laughs> yeah, first of all, it's Uber. Yeah. It is Uber. It's Uber in 1997. And what's funny is that it's played for laughs, but honestly especially since we live in a world where Uber exists, it's a genius idea. Totally. And what, right. what they show, even with that, is it's not just a matter of... This movie tells you that it's not just a matter of wanting it or working for it. It's also about means. Yeah. Because these women were always talented, but they were willing to do something about it. And because they go on their journey they end up where they end up. But even with Ali, she says he has no drive. He has no mission. He has no he resources. Doesn't, he has no license. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. It's like, she's like, I'm tired of your half-baked schemes that don't even have effort behind them. Yeah. But the moment he gets a license, that goes to show us that it's not, it's not just that you need to work for it. You need to work for it, but also have the means. Because once he gets his license and they get the money... The guys pull it off. They have a fleet of luxury cars to drive around in Beverly Hills. Yeah. And that's just amazing once you're given access. And I think that's really important. These women do great once they're given access. And the men do great when given access. But it takes, as with any black tale that we all know, it takes both effort and finances. Whereas traditionally for Mm -hmm. white people, it's just finances. (laughs) Yeah. One of the things I noticed mm-hmm. too, um, and the, I don't know if it's no, it, it's just effort. Yeah. 
Um, I don't know if you've seen this movie, but we recently did Dumb and Dumber. And this the beginning of this movie felt very similar. It felt like, hey, we're going to go on a trip that's going to help us escape our life of mediocrity. And, you know, hopefully we will find what we're looking for on the other side of it. And I think that's a very classic American story of like, hey, let's go somewhere where opportunities will be available to us. Well, honestly, I mean, think about it. They spend way more time in their their central location than Dumb and Dumber do. Yeah. And so in that space, Dumb and Dumber is just a, a line of vignettes. Yeah. But this movie actually gets you to where you're supposed to go very soon. And especially in the second half, I wrote that in the second half, honestly nothing's wasted. The second half of the movie is so much better than the first half of the movie. Yeah, especially when you're talking about wider audiences and and understanding what's going on. I don't even think it's a wide audience. Like, I truly think as someone who knows these kind of women who, like, they are, and I, however intentionally or unintentionally, flat characters for the first half of this movie. And they have these larger-than-life antics that feel like they're always performing and it's not until halfway through where you're like wow you know these women actually have like um like these quieter moments where you can tell they're they're developing and they're growing and they're learning and that's when i was like okay i'm i'm more on board for this movie because the first half i was like i don't need another montage i don't need there's like three different montages in the movie like let's just get to this i i felt like oh i want to fast forward but like once we got to the point and i will say that i love the tearing up the check scene. I love the, no, I'm here because I want to be. I thought that that was a great way of showing who Halle Berry was, getting us to care about her, and the fact that, um, you know, she may have been lying to this man the whole time, but outside of that, she has developed true feelings for him in some fashion. Well, I will say that, like, I, I said this before, each scene, especially in the second half, I was I was looking for a scene we could cut. This movie is a solid 90 minutes, which is great. <laughs> it's a short film. And more movies should be. There are a lot of movies that you're like, why are we... I think you could cut another two hours and 15. This movie. I'm not disagreeing, but I'm saying in the second half, I looked at everything and I was like, no, there was a reason for it. This yeah. scene meant something. If it didn't mean something in the moment, it meant something later. And it's really, really tight in that way in expressing why they did something or why they're doing something. And I wrote with you, it's the only good I have for Halle Berry in this is that the scene where she feels guilt and she's about to leave and she's telling Nisi, she's like, we're going to write him a letter. That scene is, that scene is like, all right, I see why you hired Halle Berry. Because that scene is her acting. When she's not trying to be ghetto fabulous, she's yes. a fa- she's fantastic. Absolutely, but it feels like she's right. trying more when she's when she stops and you're like, oh, that's who she is. Yes, I actually had some stuff that I like too. I like the limo scene where the whole like basically it's money can't buy me love. Um, I like I said I love um, the throwback R&B jam. I'll be loving you forever. Such a such a classic. I didn't know it was in this movie. I love it. Um, <laughs> I will I will say that I did also enjoy the relationship between the Baps and the Butler. I love Manly, I love them butting yeah. heads at the beginning and then growing, you know, yeah, hey, we watch the same soap operas, you know, you know how to talk to my man. Like I love that friendship that developed. All right. So yeah, let's talk about the scene. Like the scenes with Manly are Alfred. He does so well, and he's very believable. And as you said, th- this is why I say this movie does well. They don't just 
make it to where, oh, they've been around for a while, and so Manly has gotten used to them. He goes, no, it starts off, as you said, very kind of like, lead the way, Alfred. And he's like, it is Manly, and that is his, like, insistence. And as you said, with the soap opera scene, they're even like, thanks, Alfred. He's like, it's Manly. He's just, like, trying to, but by the end, he's like, I would prefer it if you called me Alfred. But also, there's the scene where we get him going to the record store. And that scene, uh, you're going to tell me that scene's not funny? You know what I, I, I will say, what I liked about that scene is I loved seeing a 90s record store. I loved seeing someone be like, you heard Dre just left Death Row, right? I was like, what? That's, co- that's cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I do not, I'm not, I, there's a trope that is in a lot of movies of um, like, hey, we're going to have white old white people dancing to, like, a, a, a hip-hop song or something like that. I've seen it in a few movies. Bringing Down the House was one that had some stuff like that going on. Um, I don't particularly find it that funny. Like, it's not a joke that I laugh at. I, I can appreciate it, but I don't laugh But at see, it. the thing is, it wasn't... Manly wasn't dancing to that music. I know, I know. But him just yeah. being like, you, you know, I would like a too short... Uh, I, I don't know. Like, I get it, but I just personally didn't... Okay, it. I get that. All right, how about... Even if you didn't laugh, because I didn't laugh at this, but again, it shows character growth. Manly being in the DJ booth, being DJ like booth. the roof, the roof, the roof the is roof. on fire, and it's something like, that, yeah, that's not necessarily funny, but it shows his growth in being this stuffy, reserved individual, and that's, and that's what I can appreciate of it. Even though it's not something that I'm laughing at, I can appreciate that being around these women has affected him as much as it's affected Martin Luther. Well, I mean, there's the whole situation with um, Manny, Manly, uh, Ali. Uh, Ali, and Nisi, where um, he says, like, when he's first on the phone with him, and she's has him, she has him repeating everything that he says, again, that is a time-old bit of, please translate this, oh, now this person who's not from this culture, is saying these words and phrases that he's not used to. And that's part of... That's, like, classic comedy. But then when they bring that comedy back into heart later, where he's like, I know it wasn't my place, but I thought you should be with this person, I think that that's where this movie excels. It's, like, it's not just funny, because you're right. It's funny and it's classic comedy to use it in this one way. Hey, fish out of water. But when you're able to bring fish out of water into heart, I feel like that is something that not everyone is able to pull off that heart part very well, and this movie does so in a way that you are able to track. I will say it it does track. Does it hit me as hard as it should? Maybe not, but I can see that there is growth happening with these characters. But I feel like, hey, these characters grow is like a hotel saying, hey, we have clean sheets. You're supposed to. <laughs> These characters are supposed to grow. But, but they don't always. Well, I'm just like, what, what I just thought about just now, and I know that this kind of goes back to our first point, is kind of like the audience. Like, now, I'm going to say this, and this is because you brought up Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller is known in the community to be like a great movie. House Party 4 is literally Ferris Bueller all over again, just with black people. And it's like, that movie is horrible. But it's it's just who's watching it. Like, who's going to, who's watching that movie to judge that movie? It's literally the same exact movie. But who is watching it? 
I, I don't know, because you could say that Ants and Bugs Life are the same exact movie, but the thing that separates it is story and, and character and, and the performances. But see, no, no, no. See, I think that that's different. I think there's a difference between this is the same Because the movie premise. I'm comparing it to is Pretty Woman. And I think Pretty Woman succeeds where this fails. That's a very similar premise. But why? Because I feel like... Julia Roberts isn't portraying a trope of any kind. She's just portraying a woman. And I wish that Halle Berry was just a black woman that maybe didn't have all of the, the what white people think all black women are. Georgia? But Georgia, she's right, it is Georgia in the 90s. She's like an Atlanta, Georgia black woman. Yeah. Also, well, yeah. No, my whole thing is, I, I will even give you that point. I am not arguing, and I, I guess maybe I am arguing this one point, which is to say that this movie is not great, and it shouldn't be compared to other great movies, okay. but it is not worth zero stars. I see. It I is see not worth mean. a 16, right. and I think that's been my argument this entire time, okay, which can... is why I bring up other movies that have more appeal, and everyone's like, this movie this movie got zero stars from Robert E. Ebert. It's known as one of his worst movies, and you're like, all right, how? Explain to me why this particular movie does anything worse than an equally... Not well wrapped, not well casted movie, you, and I will agree with you that I do not believe it's it get it does it's deserving of the low score it has. I, I'll totally agree with you that. But that being said, let's move into let's the move into the bat. Let's move into <laughs> the bat. Um, because I have some things. Um, and I the feel first... like I've been this for a while now. If you want me to be honest? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we do that pretty often. Actually, it's been more um, bad than good. It's like a compliment sandwich. <laughs> This the first thing I would like I when I think about this movie and you guys can talk to we can debate this we've kind of been talking about it but I think this movie answers the question can a movie written by a black person directed by a black person and starring black actors be a little bit racist yes and sometimes I feel like this movie is yeah I mean again I will I will go back to Soul Plane <laughs> and that's kind of my issue with. With all of it. Like, whenever I, I, you know, I, I always obviously grew up watching black cinema, but every now and then I felt like we were just reverting into tropes instead of creating, like, really thought-through characters. And I, that's more so in comedies than it is in drama. But, um, you know, I, I, this whole, the first half of this movie feels like a comic view bit of black people do it this way and white people do it that way. And I think that, it can only go so far, which is why I love the pivot midway through, because I was like, oh, I've done, I, I, I've heard all these black and white jokes. I'm ready for something new. Honestly, um, all of my bad. I was kinda... why it was low rated, though. They didn't know how to go with it. Like, ooh, yeah. I agree with this, or should I not? <laughs> yeah, no, no, honestly, that's, like, my, all of my bad pretty much hinge off of what you just pointed out, which I was like, there are moments where this movie feels like it's judgmental of the Georgia scenes. I feel like it should celebrate it more and it didn't celebrate it. It didn't have fun with it. It was like, you should feel ashamed of being this way. Exactly. Like, even like even in their clothing choices, they go from being like loud and ornate and kind of like just become more and more, for lack of a better word, white. Like Halle Berry's hair gets a little bit more straight. So like at the, at the salon, like opening ceremony, I expected them to be full baps. I, fact, I like exactly how they came from Georgia, but they were toned down. And that's why I was like, that's why I'm not super on board with this because I don't know what messaging they're going with. That well, I think they were trying to, I mean, I 
think it's, it's kind of like, okay, if you see that, if you would have saw that, like hair big with booyah on the back, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, that is like just, that's very extra. It's like, you can still be a bad one and look beautiful and still be like a beautiful black woman without your hair shouting at other people. So it's kind of like they were, it's kind of like teaching them, teaching black women to be black and beautiful without being your appearance being just as loud as they assume you're going to be. So you think it's less whitewashing and more than becoming business professional? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, mean, I can still, see that. No, I, 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 mean, I agree with both of you. My whole thing store, is coloring. Yeah, no, I agree with both of you. I think my one thing is that um, there are moments where you you don't see their personality in their clothing because I think what where we're at now, we found a way to be both black and proud and extra but also refined. Like, I feel like, and this is going to be in my makeover, I feel like Cardi B is someone who does that. Where yeah. it's just like, she or Rihanna. Yeah. You know, it's just like, they're they're able to be expressive, but in a couture way. It's almost as if they didn't have a black example mm-hmm. of that to go on. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, we have the the benefit of time on our side, because you're right. Think of someone who was... Extra and fabulous. Extra and fabulous in the 90s in a way that would translate. I can't. I truly can't. Exactly. There was such a division between black entertainment and white entertainment that, like, again, Mm -hmm. and I think, you know what? Maybe Robert Townsend was like, hey, I would love to see black entertainment and white entertainment merge in a way where there's realistic, like, wow, I'm actually shocked by this. Because I feel like if, if white people were to turn on UPN in the 90s, they would see a vastly different sitcom than they would on NBC. So maybe maybe he's just pointing that out. Yeah, I don't know. Absolutely. And I think I, think I like the fact that um, we kind of said this early on, but I realized that what they do in this movie is they have black shorthand. And they treat black shorthand as regular as white people treat um white shorthand in any other movie mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i like that they did that because it's like it like anything else if you were watching a movie and you are not of that culture and they make references that you don't know look it up watch the other movie read right. that book right. and find out who that person is and that's what this movie does and i think that it does a disservice or we do a disservice when we ask when we ask um black movies to cater to white audiences who don't know that shorthand. Very true. Um, okay, so we already talked about Halle Berry a little bit. And we, we you know, we kind of know how we feel. Um, let me ask you this. If this movie starred Jada and Queen Latifah, would this, Boy. would they be able to pull this off better? Well, that would I wait? It depends. Are you saying Nisi as in Queen Latifah? Is it like the size thing? Like who's, no, who's I'm it? just saying. Like I'm thinking of just like two people with chemistry, two people with comedic chops, two people who had the star power in the '90s to be able to get a, a role like this. I I think that the friendship between them didn't feel as genuine. I didn't feel like the chemistry was as close, and that's why I was just like, 
you know, Queen, <laughs> Queen and Jada seem like the type that I would be like, if they were in this movie, I think I would be more on board with it. Because I think Queen Latifah no, and Jada Pickett-Smith can... Can you take Jada and Queen Latifah... I mean, I feel like it would be worse than Holly Berry trying to act. Really? You know, maybe maybe Jada can play play the the part of Holly Berry, but I cannot see Queen Latifah. Okay. I agree. I don't part. see Queen Latifah doing what um, Natalie does. And I feel for, like Natalie you know does yeah. her role perfectly. Now, switching out Jada with, uh, with Halle, Halle Berry, Berry maybe my. Yeah, that may that may be something Maybe. there, and the only reason why I'm saying that is I feel like Jada would refuse to play it as a stereotype. But I also feel like it would yeah. come more naturally. I mean, she did, she did pretty good in Low Down Dirty Shame. She did good in Low Dirty Shame. What's that other movie? Um, but no, no. But what I'm saying is, when I say like she would refuse to play it as a stereotype, she would have realness in it. it, would, it yeah, it would come okay. with a history. Whenever she plays that person, whenever yeah. she plays that character. It's a little bit more grounded. It just feels authentic. I didn't feel like Halle Berry was authentic, and I think that's kind of the main. I mean, I literally wrote um, Halle Berry not believable as from this area. Not saying that she, I don't, I don't know Halle Berry's history um, with black neighborhoods and communities. It felt like when Will Smith, like if Will Smith were to release a, a hardcore rap album, that's what it felt like. Very much. It so. just felt like right. a. <laughs> <laughs> I very, very much agree. Do, do you have any other bad? Um, yeah, I'm just going to list a few quick things that just stood out to me. <laughs> um, like I said, the montages. Um, I Bernie Mac taking $10 out of someone's paycheck. That's a journey. lot of money. That's a lot of money. But that, well, that's a lot of money, but that's realistic. That's what happens. I, I just Really? I never heard anything yes, like that's that. that's what happens. I mean, probably not for daydreaming, but remember, he's saying that he kept, he kept, we're just slacking off it. at work, yeah. So, yes. Yeah, now it's like, okay, I'm, and that's when they used to dock pace, like, for real. Um, so, again, it was, like, something that was mentioned. It was kind of like a, you know, like a Spike Lee reference, like, real quick. Like, this is sure, what's going sure. on in the world. But I will say, again, I love <laughs> Bernie, so I, I can forgive a lot there. Um, I didn't care for the ladies' night Jerry Curl fight. I thought it was a little ridiculous. I know it's, it's, it's supposed to be. I don't know. Uh, the inline dance-off I thought was really cringy. Um, I hated that the whole premise was them auditioning for this music video, and we don't get to see the audition. For Actually, the no, 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 no. I, I love that was one of the things that I, I wrote I like about because what they, what they told us in that scene it wasn't about it. Yeah, exactly. What they told us in that scene was you don't need to see her audition. She doesn't know how to dance. They, they told you that right before she goes into it. It's in like line. yeah, they're like in, she's in line and she's <laughs> she's talking a big game and she's like. Everybody else can go home. I got this. And then they show you her warming up, and you're like, oh, I don't need to see the audition. You didn't get it. Okay, all right. <laughs> I'll take that. Um, I also said that I thought the score for this movie was really weird. Like, sometimes it has, like, this whimsical kids movie score that I didn't think lined up with the tone. I feel like this movie just had tone problems all around. Like, they didn't know when to take it, like, whimsical with the score. Sometimes it's, like, hip-hop influence, and sometimes it's very... I, I don't know. I they do was... one thing that I thought was really interesting. When they first arrive to Beverly Hills, to the mansion, they use this classic, um, like, classical music song. And then when Nisi is, not Nisi, when Mickey is cooking, they do a hip-hop mashup of Beethoven. 
And it's this whole, yeah. it's the two cultures coming together. All right, all right. And no, 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 I agree with you that most of most of the music choices are like kind of hit or miss. But that one scene, I was like, oh, I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to be like two two cultures coming together. And um, I like the music choice was pretty like it matched like for the whatever you're watching. I like, love the the songs. Oh yeah, the song choice are really good. Like the soundtrack was probably hot. The score is the score is what I had problems with. I thought the soundtrack was hot. There were two things that Halle Berry said that I don't think she could pull off, which was, um, uh, oh, you're stealing, so I'm gonna have to beat you like you stole something. Then, um, which again, oh. I know you probably grew up with. <laughs> um, and then the, the whole hit like Tyson thing said over and over again. I just didn't think she was funny enough to pull it off. I get no, there's. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, again, I'm with you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my whole thing is, I think you're right, where it's like Halle Berry, I don't know about the delivery, but again, that's where, like, the, and I think Z had a problem when you said they don't have this dynamic. Maybe Halle Berry doesn't pull her weight, but Nisi makes it seem, or uh, Mickey makes it seem like they are friends. Because that whole scene where Mickey's just like, uh, she's like, Nisi's like, Tyson wouldn't hit him nah, like this. Listen, he would hit him like this. And she's like, she's always just jumping in ahead of me. No, 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 See, you was in the kitchen getting popcorn. <laughs> Tyson would hit him like this. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that, there, there are moments where they're, A, their friendship works mostly because Mickey makes it feel lived in. Like, yeah. I could see Niecy, like living her life and Mickey just being that friend who just kind of like, is always there, but she does it so um, well. And I will say that I think those issues are always with Halle Berry not really feeling lived yeah. in and um, less than about the dynamic. Even though I will say we have this whole trope of fat one, skinny one. And I don't like that. Dark one, light one. The colorism of it, I didn't like yeah. either. And I noticed that yeah. too, that the, the best friend was the, the I mean, friend. even the love interest. Yeah. Ali is like this really light skin. Yep. Fair-haired brother, uh -huh. and James uh -huh. is... And the desirable is the light-skinned Latino guy. Yeah, yeah, and James is the small, dumb one. Yeah. Um, he, okay, so just a few other things, because I know we need to wrap up. Um, I really wish they would have told us how much money they got. They would have just said it. I thought that was a really like lackluster way to finish the movie. Um, I if you read her lips, she says $100 million, but still, it's like... Yeah. yeah, we needed to hear that. Yeah, the because there was a huge yeah. celebration. I would like to have been a part of that celebration with them instead of just watching it, observing it. Um, I need to say this, that I felt like when they get this money and they open up the salon and restaurant, which, by the way, is nothing but health code violations. <laughs> um, yeah, I knew that was coming. What, I was waiting for that one. Why the hell are they opening this in Beverly Hills? White people aren't going for weaves and waffles. Weaves and waffles, bangs and bacon... Eggs and extensions. Don't you ever forget it. <laughs> I've driven around LA. They're catering to the wrong clientele in Beverly Hills. This seems like well, a, a they really... already. Well, they were waiting for the finale to be in Decatur, Georgia, because they already did, they were showing that they were going national, well, global rather, because they did um, Paris and London, and their last one where they were supposed to like the biggest one. Because she said we want, we needed EGV, we needed all of them extra at the one in Decatur. Make sure they're at the one in Decatur. And that's what I was going to say. I wish this ended with the one in Decatur. And then they mentioned, hey, we have ones in Beverly Hills, Paris, and New York. Showing that they are still in touch with their roots. Um, instead of, like, 
Oh, now we're we're in Beverly Hills. We're millionaires. Now. I will give you that because well, here's the thing: in Hollywood, Hollywood's amazing. Why would you not want to stay here? Yeah. So like, if you've gone right. to Hollywood, you're staying in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, as far as well, the I would I would say that they, I think that was the, like the great part about it. It was like, you know, because people in Decatur are dreaming of going to Hollywood, so they're saying that we made it here. Like yeah. this is. This is where we we're, like we made it right here, but we're not going to forget about you. Our biggest show is going to be you. So it's like they meant they put in all points like we, we're going national. Uh, we, I mean, we're national right now. We're going global because we're going to Paris, and we we did not forget about home. We're going to make y'all the biggest. So having it in Beverly Hills is what made everything come all together at once. And and this is. The central problem with this podcast is that everyone who comes on is telling a, their movie that they love to death. But no, I think that's great because... It's great. No, it's great for dialogue. Um, but <laughs> it's hard to argue with the stand. It really is. Well, no, we I think, all take in turns standing over movies. Well, I think it's interesting because for me, both very much like um, what Z just pointed out and what we've had happen previously is that... The point of a stand is to make you look at the movie Differently, in a yeah. different way, I and I so. think that um, even even your la- your very last point where you were like, "Why wasn't it done in Decatur?" and she's like, "Well, the point is they wanted to go out to Hollywood and get a better life. They made it, so like for yeah. it to be back in Decatur would have been it wouldn't have fulfilled their original goal sure, that they sure. said was, but at the same time, this movie let you know they didn't forget about it. It's not like they were in. Beverly mm-hmm. Hills, and then we see them in a mansion, or again, we see them getting married, or with a kid, or with family. No, they reach their business goals, and they are ever right. expanding. Right. Okay, and it was a way to introduce the luxury cab. Yeah, because, I <laughs> true. Mean, true. Decatur, true. I mean, wouldn't really be getting luxury cab services as much as Bel Air. Page cab, page <laughs> cab, luxury <laughs> cab service. Okay, so. Uh, the makeover part. This is where we talk about what you would, how you would recast a makeover, or uh, what you would do differently if you could do it in 2019. Do you have anything, Z? You know my no. Right. Um, it's it it's so funny because my recasting is the same as yours. I saw your notes, but I will say because I'll let you go ahead because I want to add to it. Yeah, no, my my um the whole premise, and I had this premise because uh, again I've been watching the nanny and. Fran Drescher said that she would like to cast Cardi B in a remake of The Nanny. And I feel like Cardi B could also do this movie again. I don't know who her sidekick character would be, but I feel like it's what Cardi B is doing right now is pretty much nationwide and nationally that, which is bringing her culture, her realness, and showing that there is depth and intelligence and more to someone who you write off because of their first impression. I'll tell you this. If you told me there was going to be a BAPS remake next summer starring Cardi B and Tiffany Haddish, I would go. All right, see, and Tiffany Haddish, you found the person. (laughs) I would be at that movie. You found the person who it was supposed to be, and I'm here for it. Okay. Um, I I will say just as far as the, the overall plot, I would keep it roughly the same, but again, just a little bit more consistency. I don't know if this was an issue with the writing or if Robert Townsend, because sometimes I watch Robert Townsend stuff and I do feel like it's hit or miss. Um, So I I just, a little bit more cohesiveness throughout, but 
you know, maybe, I don't know, you guys have maybe look at this movie differently, and maybe, I, I don't know, maybe it's better than I thought. Okay, <laughs> so that brings us to our classic question. Z, this is for you to answer. Is this movie more good than it is bad? Yes, it's great. It's more great than it is bad. <laughs> I will say that um, I, I, I didn't come at this movie, regardless of my response to it, I did not come to it as a stand. I came to it as a movie viewer, and that was made me be like, is it as good as it is in my head? No. But is it as bad as the reception that it gets? Also, no. So I think that I'm going to do one of my own moves, which is like keep it down the middle, which is say that this movie is great for everything that it it attempts to do in a lot of ways, and in the comedy that it is secure in, but it has a lot of problems, both with how it portrays blackness and in its overall production quality as a movie. I don't know. You you guys may be, like, really, like, you may me prove how good this movie is. Like, <laughs> I, I will say, say it's... Like, no, like, you, you're just not understanding. <laughs> I will agree that it. you guys have been able to explain some things that didn't make sense to me, but I still don't believe this is a Better, it's more good than bad, which is why I'm saying just right down. Yeah, there. yeah. I I think it's more bad than good, personally. Okay, that's that's just me, in my <laughs> opinion. Okay, um, thank you so much, Z, for joining us. Yay! It was so enjoyable. When so we fun. do Temptations, which he, I don't know, I no, I'm on, I want to do. T- I'll watch all seven <laughs> hours of it. Temptations without David Ruffin yeah. is some fake ass Temptations. You have to, like call off. Or like Michael Jackson. We'll we'll figure something out. Yeah. Uh, the Jackson Five yeah. story. I'll watch it in a heartbeat. <laughs> New edition. Let's or, do it. Or the heartbeat. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but um, we will definitely have you back on. Thank you so much. Okay. Love you. Love, love you. you. All right. Uh, thank you guys for listening to another episode of Movie Makeover. Remember, you can find us on all the places: Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher. Now on Spotify. Hey-o. Uh You can find me on Twitter at Extra Siege. That's X T R A C E. EJ. You can find me on Instagram at me at .braver.me and if you guys have any thoughts on how to make this movie better, please write us at Movie Makeover on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also email us at MovieMakeoverPod at gmail.com Or if you guys just have a movie that you want us to do, please send us those suggestions at the same places. Uh, as always, I'm Teach. And I'm TC. Makeover and out! A real dirty to YouTube with some mozzarella and fettuccine. Damn. Damn. <laughs> She cracked up.